Hello, my name is Jose Lino. I'm delighted to be here today to interview the co-founder and CEO of EZA, Mr. Phil Kwok. Um, Mr. Phil Kwok, can you please introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, Jose. Thank you very much for inviting me on. Um, yeah, I'm Phil. I, uh, well, I guess in terms of a brief intro onto myself, I am co-founder of EZA, uh, which is a maths homework help app that allows students to take a picture of their question and get connected with a tutor right away, all for free. And we'll dive into a little bit more about what EZA actually is and how it works. Um, but yeah, in terms of my background, actually, I graduated uh, from law school in 2018 and then went on to, after uh, taking the bar, uh, founding, founding EZA. So that was in uh, just towards the end of 2019 when I started working on EZA full time with my co-founder. All right, perfect. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've read a bit about you. Uh, you have a very impressive uh, resume. And um, with regard to EZA, I, I want to know more about um, what is it exactly? What is it about? When was it created? So EZA really just sprang out, actually, of a problem. And I think it sort of ties into how we actually uh, had the idea for it. And the problem was that, actually, it's really difficult when you're a student to be able to get unstuck yourself. Um, so we're talking about if you are somebody who's motivated, who wants to understand the material, if you're stuck, if you aren't in the classroom setting, if you don't have a tutor who's there, if you don't necessarily maybe have an older sibling who can help, or often older siblings are quite unhelpful, then you know, you're in a really tricky situation. And so let's think about actually right now, we're on summer, summer vacation, we're on summer holidays. There are tons of students all over the world who are just trying to study uh, and get ahead. But when you don't have that support network, it's really tough. So it's very difficult to bootstrap yourself. And this is a problem that sort of, you know, I had myself um, sort of at school, um, being doing, doing homework at home and not necessarily being able to get unstuck uh, when I was there. So classic example is studying for a math test or trying to understand a particular math topic, getting stuck on a question, and then just losing motivation completely because you're like, oh, I'm terrible at this. I'm terrible at maths. I just can never understand it. Whereas, in fact, if somebody were there just to give you a little bit of a nudge, push you in the right direction, you would be able to build up that confidence and actually get a really good mastery of the topic. So that's the problem. And really, we thought that actually, um, so I mean, this was taking it on a little bit further. At that point, I was at school and then sort of the problem carried through. Um, but we're sort of flashing forwards to yeah, around about sort of 2018, 2019, after I graduated, thinking, actually, you know what, look at all of these other apps that there are out there and the way that they've revolutionized and solved these problems for millions of people, which is, for example, Uber, right? It's so difficult to get a taxi without Uber. And with that app, it makes it so simple. It's effortless, right? You just push a button and a car will literally come to you. Or for example, maybe DoorDash, Deliveroo, um, whatever food delivery service there is out there, Uber Eats, uh, you'll just push a button and food will literally just come to you. And these are actually moving physical goods. We thought, actually, you know what? In the 21st century, when things like Uber work and they exist, when things like DoorDash work and they exist, why can we not transport knowledge across the internet? It should, in theory, be a lot easier. And so the idea of EZA was really born out of this problem and figuring out that actually you know what, there can be a solution where you, ha you have a mobile app and you take a picture of the question you're stuck on and you get connected with somebody who's expert and can actually guide you through so you get unstuck. 
So that's really the problem that we set out to solve. And that's how EZA was created, created out of a bit of a frustration, um, but ultimately sort of seeing the solution that it was possible to do this and then working towards that vision. That's very interesting. Yeah, uh, I can positively say that I've been in that frustrated position, as you put it. And um, I mean, yeah, you know, every few years, the there is a push, you know, there's a new way of doing something, you know, as you explained, Uber. Um, so it's interesting to see that you're trying to reach that with academia to a certain extent. So how did you uh, get the idea for this company? And uh, you know, a, a little more iteration on regards to what that goal was that you were trying to achieve from the start. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think the idea has sort of been bubbling up for a while, uh, stemming out of this frustration. I mean, even at university, um, you know, the support network's meant to be even better than the ones you have at school. You actually get to meet with your lecturers. Um, you get to have your supervisions. And even then, you know, we would, we would meet with our supervisors once every two weeks, so if you were if you were studying, right, you you do your quest, you do do the problem sets, you get set. Uh, the next time that you can actually get help on those, and that actually you're going to be able to go through that, is literally like well, two weeks later, pretty much. Um, if you're doing a homework just before, then maybe you know, <laughs> could be a couple of minutes. But generally, you try to do it a little bit in advance, hand in your essays um, and the problems uh, sets and solutions that you've done. Um, and so really, yeah, the idea was just, it's just so frustrating when you are stuck on that. And, um, and so the I idea was that we would be able to wrap all this up. And I think we, we sort of stuck with um, three key mantras. So number one is that it should be on demand, right? When you are stuck, the mo when you need the help is right there when you need it, right? Right there when you get stuck yourself. So we wanted to provide it right then and there when you're at the, right at the moment in time when you're stuck. Second of all, we then wanted to make it accessible to everyone. So we wanted to make it absolutely free, right? If you're a student who is from any sort of background, no matter where you are, you can get help without having to put, in, put down any credit card details and needing to worry about, can I afford this? And then third of all, we wanted to make it a community. So that rather than you just connecting with sort of anybody or maybe even a teacher who's potentially often double, triple your age. And we wanted to make it something where you connect with somebody who's relatable. So somebody who's just a couple of years older, who's recently been through the exams you've been through, or perhaps even is even closer, near, nearer to peer. So maybe one or two years older, um, if you're maybe doing your, your final end of year, end of school exams, and you get help from somebody who's at university, who's been through those exams, who knows what it's like. So those three core aspects are what we really wanted to build into EZA. And the goal is that we, we have an app which brings all of those three together, melds them all together, and has, is really more of a platform, more of a, a network of people all helping each other. And the goal is that any student can get help right when they need it. Uh, and as a as tutor on the other end as well, you are there and you get a lot of satisfaction out of seeing students grow uh, and also giving back, right? That you think, actually, you know what? And I, I'm thinking, I, I think this and that's why I tutor as well. It's because... I was in that position once. I realized how hard it was, and I want to be able to give back and help other people um, who are, were in a similar position to me. Yeah, of course. Uh, brilliant answer. Um, so I, I want to move it towards your goals. So I want to know if there's any separation and what are your short-term versus your long-term goals for EZA? 
I think short term, we're really focused on being targeting a very specific niche and a very specific problem, which is to put it in a nutshell, number one, we're helping school students. So students who are doing their, um, let's say they're between 10 years old up to 18. So they're at high school slash secondary school, depending on where you are in the world. And they're studying for public exams that either get set at school or get set by the government. So we're helping that specific niche and we're specifically helping them in maths, which is where a lot of students struggle. And it's actually one of the slightly easier nuts to crack in terms of doing a particular session and allowing the student to have mastered that topic by the end of the session, right? Slightly different to maybe the more uh, perhaps ethereal uh, subjects such as uh, English or other, other humanities where it's a little bit more uh, more of a process towards understanding it. So in terms of the short-term goals, it's really helping these students and specifically also within the UK. So UK students who are at secondary school are stuck on math problems and need help right then and there. So pretty niche. Uh, but in terms of the longer-term goals, where it's different is we want to be anywhere you are, right? So we want to be really sort of honing in on solving that problem for anybody uh, that I sort of touched on earlier, where if you're a student, you could be in the US, you could be in the UK, you could be in uh, any country and uh, in the world. Uh, you might be in a developed nation, you might be in an undeveloped nation or underdeveloped and developing nation and be able to get support right when you need it uh, and one, on any subject. So whereas we're right, we're, we're really just focused on maths at the moment, you could be studying um, maybe some some very obscure language. Maybe you're studying... Um, Maybe you're studying well, Swahili is not that um, that that obscure, but maybe I don't know ancient Greek or a particular dialect, maybe even language that's died out before, right? Um, and so you could you could just get help on anything from somebody within minutes, uh, all for free, because we would have that network set up. But it, there's a lot of work, a lot of progress that we need to make in order to reach that. Um, but yeah, that's the overall vision. It's really a a learning hub so that anybody can learn anything that they want in a similar way to the way that Google sort of surfaced the world's information. We want to be able to teach anybody the world's information. Yes, fantastic. Uh, that's quite the undertaking, to be honest. I'm very uh, curious and keen to want to see how that will all develop in the future. Um, one thing I found that was interesting with regard to EZA is that you founded this company with your brother, and, you know, humor me this, uh, you know, how easy was it to, you know, sort of work with someone in the family? Well, we'd actually sort of worked before uh, together. So EZA isn't the first uh, startup we've, uh, we've worked together on. At university, we also worked on something uh, which was called Schwopli and then later morphed into something called Lend One, which was our, I guess, second-ish second startup. And what it did was it allowed students to lend and borrow from each other. So that's something which I guess might resonate with a couple of our audiences. Your friend is coming up for the weekend and you need an air mattress for them. You can be able, you can use the app to, to find out who has an air mattress uh, within your college. And that's what, sort of what we did. So we worked together before. Um, and so, yeah, we were, by the time we found it EZA, we were actually relatively used to working, working with each other on, on the same project. But yeah, I guess it's not, not necessarily for everybody. And some people will prefer to keep uh, work and maybe family slightly separate. 
True. Um, although I, I did find it interesting when you mentioned that um, you had other ventures that you had been working on. So uh, I'm curious as to uh, why you decided to leave those behind in order to sort of found Easy A. And, you know, was it a difficult decision? Yeah. So in terms of our journey, the other startups were ones that we founded while we were at university. And so Easy A is actually the first one where, actually, where we actually left our jobs, our full-time jobs to work on it. So I was working in law, Dom was working in private equity. And yeah, we left this to work on Easy A. Yeah. And yeah, we all, you know, we'll get asked by people, yeah, you know, it, it was a difficult decision. Uh, and that's a great question. I think that for us, we were really motivated by the problem and seeing the, the huge potential of the solution that we were going to build. So when we actually compared uh, that and the potential output that we can have with EZA and the potential impact that we can have, compared to our jobs in the corporate world, uh, it sort of paled in comparison. So that's why I made the decision a lot easier. Actually being able to compare those two um, just made it a lot easier and made it a little bit uh, less of a difficult decision to make. Okay, um, fantastic. And uh, now I want to look a little more into EZA itself. Uh, I w you, you often use the term democratizing education. So I want you to elaborate a little more on what you mean by that. Well, I think that when you look at the way that education is set up uh, in most uh, countries, so the countries that we are both in, um, you can there's, in theory, an equal access to education. But actually, in terms of the support networks that you have, it's quite unequal. And this is natural to form. For example, in some families, you might have uh, parents who are super well-educated. Maybe, maybe your parents are both mathematicians and they use maths on a daily basis. Um, but for a lot of students, and to be honest, actually most students will not have parents who are both mathematicians, right? So there's somewhat of a lottery there. And so what we mean by democratizing it is essentially leveling uh, the playing, playing field or not quite leveling it, rather raising everybody up so they have a, an equal opportunity to access this, these sorts of support networks, be it parents, be it siblings who are super good at, at, at certain subjects who they can rely on, be it having a family and friends network, be it having a very good support network at school, at school regardless of whether you have this. And you know, governments can only do so much, I guess, themselves, and they're relatively slow moving as well. Um, what we can do is provide those networks to people so that no matter where you are, you can access the same level of, of networks. You can have the same support network as the most privileged person. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, to, to take a step back really quickly and take a broader view of education in the UK as a whole, uh, do you consider UK education system uh, not viable, but, you know, uh, complete in how it's uh, constructed, you know, with public and private schools? Well, I guess the interesting thing about the UK is that sort of uh, public and private schools, the a lot of the time the public schools that are referred to are actually private schools. So uh, I guess it would be more like, yeah, potentially the state schools uh, in the UK uh, versus the public slash uh, private schools. And yeah, I think it's a sort of a, a difficult, um, difficult dilemma uh, on the one hand, uh, a lot of students at these uh, private schools are actually on bursaries. So they are in many ways actually students who are less privileged than, than some of the ones who are in at state schools in more affluent areas. 
Uh, and in some um, in some schools that are uh, state schools, you'll have students who could very well attend a private school, right? Um, so I think in terms of sort of the way that we've targeted it and the way that we've um, um, defined our mission, we don't really actually worry too much about the distinction between state schools and private schools. Uh, naturally, of course, most our product is actually used a lot by, um, mostly by students who are, um, yeah, traditionally in the, sort of the state sector, and a lot of them in their feedback that they give, and we often get students writing into us saying, thank you so much. It's been such a lifeline to me because I, my family can't afford a tutor, right? We can't afford that, and, so they're, and they're certainly not at uh, private schools, which is quite a, quite a decent amount more than actually affording a, a tutor. So what we focused on is really, if you're a student, um, you should be, and you're reaching out for help, we'll give you that support. And so for us, the sort of the dilemma or the distinction between uh, private schools and state schools isn't one that we focus on uh, too much. Uh, but yeah, I guess it's it's something that does run in the background constantly in the UK education system. Yeah, for sure. And um, building on that, you know, something of a particular question, a two-parter as well. If you had, you know, if you could change something, if you could reform something about the UK education system, uh, what would it be? And is Easy A a reflection of that? I think that a really big problem that we have at the moment in education is that we view it almost as almost, I'd say, a bipartite system in that it views people as either the teachers or the students. Right. And I think that actually this is not necessarily just the UK. It's pretty much our view of education in many parts around the world where you think, OK, this person is older. Um, they're in that position of seniority. And so they're the teacher. Anything is sort of and there's very limited amounts that the teacher can learn from students. And actually, the, the dangerous part is actually that it makes you think that there's limited amounts that you can learn from each other as students, when in reality, students cannot be much better teachers in the sort of traditional sense than teachers themselves. And students can often learn from each other a lot better than they can from anybody else because of, you know, the barriers are broken down, you can communicate more easily, you speak each other's languages in effect. And so I think that, yeah, a big problem is actually seeing, seeing this sort of, not really a rift, uh, but it's, it, it is this, this distinction that's uh, that's not necessarily real in life and the way that people learn. So I think that EZA is sort of a reflection of that. What we've done is we've set up, rather than it being somebody who's yeah, double or triple your age or formerly a teacher, it's somebody who is also a fellow student or has recently been a fellow student um, and allowing you to connect and learn from each other. And where we want to go eventually, sort of uh, this ties into your earlier question of where do you see EZA going? It's potentially even peer mentoring or not even peer mentoring, near to peer mentoring, maybe somebody who's a couple of years below could mentor somebody who's a couple of years above. I think what we believe is that no matter where you are, no matter who you are, everybody has something to learn and everybody has something to teach. So maybe somebody who's in, uh, yeah, who's 15, 16 years old is a lot more proficient in mathematics than somebody who's 17 or 18 and they could learn, but maybe that 18 year old is a lot better at another subject or maybe has more life skills to give or maybe can advise on the university process to the person who's a little bit younger. So I think that's really what we're trying to build. And so, yeah, I'd say EZA is in many ways a reflection of, of those hopes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very interesting proposition. Definitely one that you have to sort of, you know, take a step back and 
look from you know far away you know contemplative of the system that we live in in order to arrive to that um you know looking you know deeper into eza you know i want to get a general understanding of you know how things have gone so far so my next question is how many students have you helped and you know what impact has eza had on them in terms of the numbers of students we've we've supported several thousand so far um, so it's really students across across the UK. Um, so these students come because they just want to get support. And we, we, we welcome them to the platform. And we sort of struggled a little bit during term time, um, especially the last, uh, last term when there was loads of exams. Students were sort of flooding through the door, wanting to get uh, support because they were studying for their exams. They were really worried about them, uh, especially with the whole pandemic and missed out on all of learning and needed that support. Um, and yeah, we'd be really thrilled that we were able, able to help uh, the vast majority of them, although, of course, we want to help more. Um, and we ran a, an impact study last year, which lasted from, I mean, we, we, we run a couple, uh, we've run a couple and we do run them constantly as well. But one really, really powerful one that um, stuck out to us was a group of students who were on free school meals um, in, in Birmingham. And these were about, this was a, a group of about 30 students who came on the platform from Christmas uh, and stayed on until their mock exams in Easter time. So with us for a, a decent amount of the school year, and they managed to improve their attainment by 0.5 to one grade. So the difference between a pass and a fail, and especially in maths, that can be the difference between actually being able to get a decent job um, which you need your GCSE maths to do and not being able to get that job at all, being sort of very limited in the number of uh, jobs that you can actually apply for. So in effect, GCSE maths, the general maths uh, test that you have to do when you're 16, open up, make, they make the world your oyster. Uh, and so seeing that result was super, super motivating and, and really just spurred us on. And in terms of the other things that we've seen um, we ran another study with about a thousand students and it just improved their motivation, their growth mindset, uh, and also uh, their ability uh, to work together as a team. Uh, and so we've been running a number of different studies on a number of different metrics and seeing that just really motivate, motivates us and pushes us uh, to become, to do this even more and to, to reach even more students because it's still early days, but we've, we've seen a, such a tremendous impact on students that we're confident that EZA has a lot more room to grow and a lot more students to help. Yeah, definitely. And wh what do you think you need uh, in order to get there? You know, how, how do you believe you're, you're going to grow? What steps do you need to take? I think that what, what we want to do is really listen to students, listen to tutors, both sides of the equation, and see what they want. Uh, and that's what we're doing really constantly, just always asking, you know, what, what do you like about EZA? What do you think we could improve? Where do you think we can do better? And I think that really it's that core when we're asking them, when we're constantly iterating, when we're constantly improving, when we're, when we're implementing the things that they want to see, the product just gets better and better and it starts to spread naturally. It's, you know, a student who's uh, is at school says, you know what, ETA is amazing. They've got this and this and this, and I use it on a daily basis. And the, the only reason that they use it is not because they're doing us a favor, it's because they actually see the results. They see that they do better when they use it. And so what we want to do is obviously we have a lot more room to grow, but we think that the way we'll do that is by improving the product and really have a lot of pro products 
led growth that is really fueled by users just loving what they see. Yeah, awesome. And, you know, just to sort of conclude this interview, uh, I want to ask one more question, uh, something, uh, you know, to the people you are and are trying to help. So what would you like to say to both students and parents that are currently listening to us? I think what I'd like to say is, first of all, to all of the parents who have already used uh, EZA and provided us with such amazing feedback uh, that we've been able to implement, uh, first of all, a, a thank you. Um, because what we see, and I mean, we do this, okay, well, obviously, it's for students and parents. Uh, and our aim is, uh, as, you, as you touched on earlier, really to democratize education. Um, but really, it's, it's because of the feedback that you've given and the community that you've helped to build. Um, but second of all, for anybody who has who is just hearing about EZA for the first time, I think uh, I want to encourage everybody to uh, to sign up to actually contribute to the community as well. Um, so there are a lot of uh, people, a lot of students and parents who are part of that, our community currently, but we want to grow it. And so whether it's uh, being a student asking questions, uh, who wants to learn on the app, or whether it's whether you're a student or a parent even who wants to to give back, who wants to help other students, then definitely do do sign up and uh, yeah, get in contact with us, become a become a tutor, and get involved in the community. I think that's uh, fundamentally what we're building. It's a community of of like-minded people who all want to share share in their educational experiences and also want to share the knowledge that they built up over the years. So those would be uh, just a couple of words from me uh, to students and parents who are listening. Um, fantastic. And just the final, final thing, uh, again, to everyone who will be seeing this, how do you get, uh, how do you uh, get EZA? How do you download it? How do you uh, find it? How do you use it? Yeah, so we are available. Um, I guess that the primary resource that you just used to find out about EZA is to go to our website at eza.co.uk. And the, the link to download the app will be on there. So it's available on iOS and Android. And if you are a tutor, then just head over to our About Us page. Um, you can just scroll down to the bottom and you'll be able to apply um, via a form we have there and we'll be able to uh, take you through the steps. So uh, pretty simple. And yeah, whether you're a student, you're a tutor, you're a parent, uh, the first port of call would be to check out the EZA website. And we're really looking forward to hearing from you. Perfect. Uh, thank you so much for this interview. Uh, it was truly a pleasure to speak with you. Again, my name is Jose Lino from Res Publica. And um, once again, thank you. Thank you, Jose. And thank you to everybody for listening.